Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Montana, Coulter Nuanas, Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Thursday, last day of our week. Looking forward to the long weekend. Can't wait to get up to the lake. Hope everybody else has somewhere, some body of water to get into or something fun planned with your friends and family. Going to be a great Independence Day weekend. We have a lot to get to today to finish up the week. First and foremost, Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns into the NBA Finals. So finally, the guy who is perhaps has the most the most maligned legacy amongst all of his NBA superstar peers, Chris Paul, into the Finals for the first time in his career. The Phoenix Suns into the Finals for the first time since 1993. For Doc, NBA off the top. Also amazing, if you understand the concept of a, the tipping point, a tipping point. There's a great book, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, basically, the thesis, the theory is that, take the cell phone, for example. Cell phones existed throughout the 1970s and the 1980s, but it wasn't until the mid to late 1990s, but more like even the mid to late 2000s, where all of a sudden everybody had a cell phone. It used to be only the elite had a cell phone. What was the tipping point? How did it go from very few to so many so fast? It's the same thing with this name, image, and likeness. This thing's going off already, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well the NCAA is it a relevant entity now? I don't know. But the uh, the Wild West is now the wild from coast to coast when it comes to college athletics. This is already popping off. All sorts of athletes are already endorsing products, uh, especially in the states where this is immediately legal. Only 12 states where it is Im- immediately legal. Uh, in Montana, not quite yet. University of Montana did release name, image, and likeness guidelines and rules, as it were, today. Uh, Montana State released a statement saying, they were going to uh, work closely with student athletes and advise them, and that they were in the mo- in the in the process of constructing a plan, but no construction of the plan either. So we're going to get to some of my thoughts on that as well. Carol, our good friend, chick who doesn't know sports, going to swing by, and then Rajim Seabrook will be here by that point. We're going to talk a little bit more about the NIL thing. We're also going to talk about the NBA playoffs, of course. Talk about LeBron James not participating on Team USA, not in the Olympics. Uh, 
in this upcoming Olympics. That's the first time he's not been on the Olympic team for uh, more than a decade. Hour number two, fun conversation. Which NFL coach-quarterback combinations have the most pressure heading into this upcoming season? That'll be a fun conversation. Then we'll also probably talk a little bit more about this uh, name, image, and likeness. Who, which previous college athletes would benefit most from this new rule, this this new, uh, what, what the NCAA is now basically by law, by a Supreme Court decision forced to allow, and that is benefits to players. We're going to continue to talk about that throughout this show and as well as throughout probably next week as well. It's going to be ever evolving. I don't really know. uh, It's impossible to predict where this thing is going to turn, um, but it it is an interesting uh, conversation. We look forward to Regime Seabrook uh, here in just a little while. But last night, the Phoenix Suns took care of business, and they are into now the finals of the NBA playoffs. By the way, if you want to be a part of this show, you want to kick it with me, you want to give me your thoughts on Chris Paul or the NBA, anything like that, 406-888-1029. Tommy made it easy for you. That's 888-1029. All guests will join me via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. I've talked about Chris Paul frequently. And my adoration for Chris Paul, my respect for Chris Paul, I'm a true fandom of Chris Paul. He's one of my favorite athletes in all of sports. I love Chris Paul. I think that uh, a lot of the stuff he's done in the league in terms of uh, as a player representative, the head of the NBA Players Association for many years, a lot of that stuff goes under the radar. I also think Chris Paul's made the most of several different bad and, and in some cases, toxic situations, certainly challenging situations, pretty much every stop he's had in his career. And now he's got the good fortune of playing with two franchise-level caliber young guys in DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, who, first of all, compliment Chris Paul from uh, just a stylistic standpoint, uh, just a pure basketball standpoint, as well as anybody in the league, but also two guys that fully buy in to what Chris Paul is selling. These guys are young enough. They're enough younger than Chris Paul that, they can look up to him. They watched this guy. You know, these guys were not even in high school yet when Chris Paul was first taking the league by storm initially with the Charlotte Hornets. So, and then the, and then subsequently the New Orleans Hornets. It's a great story. The one thing that I've heard that is being spun right now is that Chris Paul's the one that took advantage of what's been a playoff thoroughly impacted by injury. You had uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the most recent uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. And by the way, Giannis is a scratch for tonight in Game 5. So uh, all of a sudden, I'm liking my bet. I, I I put a couple bucks on the Hawks and the under. And with Giannis out, which I you know I predicted he would be, but it was not announced until this afternoon, I definitely like Atlanta tonight. But the, the Phoenix Suns is the story of the day in the NBA. The Suns, ha- uh, it's always interesting to me when you have a status as a franchise where you are consistently in the playoffs but you're not consistently championship contenders. You're in the playoffs each and every year, but you never seem to make a run to the conference finals or the finals. And that's that was the Phoenix Suns, with the exception of the peak year of Charles Barkley's career in 1993 when he was the NBA MVP, uh, the year coming out of the Dream Team and uh, the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. That was the last Suns team to make the finals. But from 1991 uh, through 2004, the Suns made the finals 12 straight times. The mid to late 2000s Suns teams, coached by Mike D'Antoni and led by Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, those were excellent teams as well. The Suns are one of the great examples of what happens when there's an ownership change that isn't a positive one. The Clippers are a great example of what happens when there's an ownership change, and it is a positive one. When uh, Donald Sterling was basically forced out as the Clippers' owner, um, enter Steve Ballmer, a billionaire and an impassioned owner, and boom, the Clippers franchise is changed. And now all of a sudden, the Clippers are a perennial contender when they were a perennial bottom dweller before that. The Suns were the opposite. They were pretty consistent. Only the one finals appearance, but they had teams that were competitive, fun to watch, uh, certainly relevant in the NBA and that's a good thing in a top 10 market as well. I mean, my brother and I were talking about this the other day. We're going to get into that maybe a little bit later on with Rajim Seabrook. But uh, the market share in certain cities compared to what their population is, based on regionality and exposure and all these things, it's a fascinating one. But Phoenix is one of the top eight markets in the league. Makes sense because um, Phoenix itself, the city, is the fifth largest city in the league. So it makes sense they'd have a top eight media market. Um, but 
it's not just about the media market. I think this is a breakthrough in a variety of fashion because the Suns, while sometimes their consistency in the 90s and early 2000s is forgotten, how bad they were before that, or excuse me, after that, is also forgotten. This is a team that had a three-year stretch where I believe they had the worst record during a three-year stretch of any franchise in the history of the NBA. Well, that's how you get the number one pick and get DeAndre Ayton uh, and also get another top 10 pick where you get Devin Booker. And, uh, you know, I think Mikael Bridges was, a, I believe, a top 10 pick as well. So they've had top picks in the draft, and they've actually used them well. But what I'm getting at is the Suns went so downhill when Robert, when Robert Sarver bought the Suns. He's widely considered one of, if not the stingiest and then therefore worst owners in the NBA. If you're running an NBA team like a business where you're strictly operating on profit margin and you're not willing to pay the luxury tax, so to speak, or, or uh, for example, then where are you at? You, you can't win in the NBA unless you spend the money. And so when you have a Steve Ballmer who's fully willing to pay the tax and wants to be competitive and knows it'll come back in terms of revenue on the back end if you are competitive each and every year, Robert Sarver was the opposite of that. He was running the Suns with the intent fully of making a profit before uh, team success was ever brought into consideration. Somehow he still is the owner of the Suns, but because of changes in front office management, all of a sudden now the Suns are among the best teams in the NBA. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Phoenix Suns, by the way, it's Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana, talking some NBA, awaiting the arrival of first Carolyn, our resident chick who doesn't know sports, and then Rajim Seabrook. Double duty. Rajim stopped by yesterday. He's coming back in today, so we'll get to him in just a minute. But the uh, the the... The fact of the matter is that this this is a great breakthrough for the Suns. I don't think it's a coincidence that they were the darlings of the bubble during the sort of pre-knockout and the knockout stage. They barely missed the playoffs. They were undefeated in the bubble before barely missing the playoffs last summer. So they took all the momentum from the strange experience that was the bubble into the offseason, but they also had a longer offseason than all the rest of the playoff teams because they were the ones not in the playoffs. And then they fully took advantage of that this year. I think that the growth of DeAndre Ayton from the beginning of the year to now, he went from a guy that people were were already starting to contemplate. Is he a bust as a number one overall pick out of Arizona? Or is he still have potential to become what people think he could become? Which to me is probably like, a, I don't know, a hybrid between... Maybe Amari Stoudemire, I don't know if he's quite that athletic. He, he sort of reminds me of David Robinson in build. Obviously not nearly as buff or as uh, built or muscular as David Robinson, but similar length and uh, sort of fluidity as he moves. But he's a transcendent talent in terms of his frame, his, uh, his athleticism. But people were wondering about him towards the beginning of the year. Well, Chris Paul... Is that good of a leader. Uh, he's that good of an influencer. And he ha- helped... I mean, DeAndre Ayton has said this throughout this playoffs. It's Chris Paul that turned DeAndre Ayton's career around. And now all of a sudden, you went from a guy who was certainly serviceable, if not above average as an NBA center, to a guy that... I mean, right now in the NBA, who would you rather have? In terms of assets, he's the best asset for sure. I mean, obviously, Joel Embiid is more developed. And Nikola Jokic, if you count him as a center, is certainly uh, a, a better player. Obviously, he's the NBA MVP right now. Uh, Anthony Davis, if you consider him a center, uh, is, is above uh, for sure, Aiton for sure. And Rudy Gobert. But then, I mean, Aiton's probably right there in the top of that, right outside that top four group. And uh, so if you're talking about an All-NBA guy playing along a second-team All-NBA guy and Chris Paul, the guy who finished third in the MVP voting, and then you talk about the best off-ball player in the NBA in Devin Booker, if Clay Thompson is hurt, that is the facts that um, Devin Booker is the best off-ball player in the league. That's a pretty damn good team. So I guess my point is that I hope that people don't spin this just that the Suns were the young team that didn't make the playoffs or just that the Suns are the team that outlasted everybody because injuries have been so huge. Anthony Davis went down. Kawhi Leonard went down. I mean, on down the line, it has been the narrative of these playoffs. James Harden and Kyrie Irving were both out for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, It's been across the board. Jamal Murray was already out uh, before the playoffs even started, which left the Nuggets shorthanded. So there's just been so many injuries. The irony here is that Chris Paul, during his prime, his playoff runs, the things that have cost him truly climbing the ladder to become, uh, to affirm himself as one of the great point guards of all time. He is one of the great point guards of all time, but he needs that feather in his cap. 
He, he now he has it uh, an NBA Finals appearance. But I, but the irony is that he's been the one that's gotten hurt in the biggest moments. Could the Houston Rockets have taken out the Golden State Warriors? We'll never know because Chris Paul had that hamstring injury uh, in Game 6 and did not play in the Game 7 where Golden State moved on. Uh, Chris Paul has been hurt in multiple playoff series before. So he's now the narrative is flipped. He is the guy leading his team to the finals during the playoffs when injuries have been the biggest storyline. Don't want to jinx him. Of course, he's one of my favorite players of all time. A 41-point effort in a closeout game, 41 points and 8 assists, nothing to sneeze about. He's had a couple of his best playoff games here in this, uh, his 15th or 16th season in the league, and he's playing his best basketball right now, maybe ever, which is amazing for a guy uh, that's in his mid-30s and a guy that has uh, played so many minutes like Chris Paul, a guy that's fought through an injury in this playoffs. He had a serious injury to his shoulder but he's gutted it out, and he's played through it. And I'm happy for Chris Paul, but also I hope that the narrative spun correctly. If you want to play the what-if game in the NBA, Nuana's now broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports studio. You want to check out Northwest Motorsports inventory? Well, it's the largest in the Pacific Northwest, so head on over to nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. If you want to play the what-if game, there's been a what-if scenario in pretty much every NBA playoffs since the advent of the league. It is the, it's the biggest what-if league. There's so many... I mean, what if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar doesn't get hurt in the 1980 uh, finals and Magic Johnson's star does not emerge? You know, what if uh, Bill Walton doesn't get hurt the season following leading the Portland Trailblazers to their first, last, and only NBA championship? Maybe Bill Walton and Dr. Jack Ramsey dominate the NBA. Maybe the... Rise of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird is delayed or doesn't happen. You know, maybe Michael Jordan's rise is delayed if that doesn't happen. Um, but Bill Walton's injury, both in that specific playoffs, but also for going forward, was a huge one. Dirk Nowitzki getting hurt back in the 2003 playoffs when uh, Dallas had Steve Nash and Pedro Stoyakovich, and they looked primed. It was Dirk's first real all-star caliber season. Dirk doesn't get hurt there. Maybe the Dallas makes a run. Maybe Steve Nash doesn't leave to go to the Phoenix Suns. There's so many injuries that have happened. I mean, Derrick Rose, when he's the MVP of the league, he's got the Chicago Bulls as the number one seed. Klay Thompson uh, in the finals. Um, I mean, Kevin Durant in the finals. What if the Phoenix Suns don't get in the fight like they did the other week? Or, excuse me, against the Los Angeles Lakers several years ago, more than a decade ago. There's so many different what-ifs. And so I think that to, to say that this is a what-if scenario or to demean the Phoenix Suns' run to the NBA Finals, uh, you can't do it. What's up, Rajim? How you living, my brother? A lot cooler today than I was yesterday, That's brother. for sure. Did you have camp today? No, it did not. I just had, oh, that's some, good. had some work and uh, had my son come to work with me for a little bit today good, good. and do that. And, Shout out, Quentin. Oh, you know, the big Q-Dog. Um, but now just really uh, worried about the weather outside. I don't know if you've looked outside in the last five minutes, but it's no, clouding up. It feels, like, it feels like a thunderstorm Woo. might be on the way. Well, hopefully there's no lighting. Yeah, with how that's now, brother, that's what I'm worried about with how hot and dry it is and yeah. how dark some of those, those thunderhead yeah. clouds are. Fingers are crossed that it's, uh, it, it doesn't start a blazing. Quickly, because good, our good friend Carolyn, chick who doesn't know sports, stopping by Love in her. just a moment. But the last night, the Phoenix Suns close out the Los Angeles Clippers. Suns into the finals for the second time in their franchise history, the first time since 1993. And basically, my whole take on this was twofold. One, I think Chris Paul proved this season how much leadership matters. I took the reins of a young team that had a lot of potential, but had not made the playoffs in 10 years. And he basically force-fed DeAndre Ayton, made him evolve into a, a, an all-NBA caliber player. Uh, he, he improved him, and he, he accentuated Devin Booker's game, allowing Booker to play off the ball a lot more. But more than anything now, Chris Paul is the last man standing in a playoffs that's defined by injury. Usually he's the one that's hurt. Now he's not. But I hope that no one demeans that, because that, that right before you walked in, that's what I was getting into, is there is a great what-if in pretty much every NBA playoffs. So to say... What if LeBron James and Anthony Davis weren't banged up? What right, if Kawhi right. Leonard wasn't hurt? You well, can, I was listening. You, you can do that to every single deal. So I, I just you can't take away from from what Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns have accomplished. I think it's a great story. I think it's excellent for the NBA, and more more than anything, though, I think it's awesome for Chris Paul because it's it's now he's one step away from the one thing that's eluded him that could solidify him as one of those all time great. He's already is one of the best point guards of all time, but he he will be on the Mount Rushmore of point guards at the very least if he can lead Phoenix to a championship. And ladies and gentlemen, you just listened to the president of the Chris Paul Fan Club, 
brought to you by Culture Nuance. <laughs> That's right, dude. Um, no, I agree. We kind of had this passive debate, and I went home with my tail tucked between my legs 24 hours after the fact, <laughs> looked at some stats, watched some film, and and, and I'm going to agree with you. This would, this would kind of cement his status, so to say. Um, it's kind of crazy that he's getting it kind of on the tail end of his career, but some of those uh, some guys like that tend to appreciate it that much more when it's that much later. Um, what I like is it just it just shows what happens when you 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 dash the old school Sly Fox with with the young up and coming Pepper, and when you do that, everything tastes good and it looks good down in Phoenix. Talked way more about the NBA. We talked a lot about it yesterday. We're going to talk more about it within this show. Everything from uh, LeBron James to the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Also have a fun conversation with Rajim coming up about. Quarterbacks and coaches, the combinations in the NFL, who has the most pressure heading into the 2021 season. But first, we got to get out because our good friend Carolyn is swinging by. We're going to talk a variety of issues on the chick who doesn't know sports. Keep it right here. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. And after the love game has been played, all our illusions are just a parade, and all our reasons start to fade. This was our homework. Obviously, Tommy did it. Obviously, I didn't. And at this moment, I'm so glad I did it because you guys are ha- uh, having such a moment of joy. Thank you, Tommy, for making Regime so happy. Oh, my Thank God. you for the suggestion. Earth, wind, and fire, man. You can't live wow. without the elements. Let's wow. go. Oh, I've never seen any little name tag on either. Rajim Seabrook, he's wearing his uh, new He's got a new job, so he's wearing his name tag, coming here straight from work. Appreciate him being here on Nuanas now. We're broadcasting to you live on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Got nothing going on this weekend? Head on down to the lot, corner of Stevens and Mount. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can also check them out online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Com. Yeah, Rajim yesterday was in uh, on Nuanas Now, and he assigned us some homework, told us to listen. What is it called? Reasons? Is that right? Reasons, son. Earth, wind, and fire. Okay, so that's earth, wind, Come and fire. Come on now. I did not do my homework. I'm glad I didn't because that was a wonderful moment between you uh, fine gentlemen. I love Tommy. <laughs> he is wise beyond his youth when it comes to music. Yeah, we, I are, love we that all man. love Tommy. It's it's. Uh, of course you do, Coulter, but the love is mutual, Rajim. <laughs> Always, man. Shazam. Boom. Bunch of football talk and college football and pro football talk coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, but Rajim got here a little early. Appreciate him for being here. But I caught up with our good friend Carolyn earlier this week. This week's Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports, filled with all sorts of insight and laughs. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. As we talked about on the show earlier this week, the uh, extremes of the weather oftentimes mirror, at least formerly, the personalities of Montanans. And uh, we're getting a full dose of the extreme weather right now. Hope everybody's staying cool out there. Time now, though, for one of your favorite segments each and every week as we lead up to the 4th of July weekend. It's the Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports with our good friend Carolyn. Carolyn, do you have big 4th of July plans? Um, just gonna get drunk at the lake. Hi! <laughs> so same. Yeah. Same as every Pretty other much weekend. like any other Saturday. <laughs> it is kind of lame. Because 4th of July is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, I get that from my mother for sure. She, um... Loves 4th of July, loves the patriotism and the pageantry, and she always tells the story. Her dad was the head of the fireworks, like in her, the town she grew up in outside San Francisco. So we've always, and my dad was a uh, underground miner, so he had explosive licenses in multiple different Ooh, states. Fun. So fireworks with mild man would uh, almost always make the moms mad, and uh, always, almost always make the sons very, uh, very happy. So, um, 
It does kind of suck, though, that it's on Sunday, right? I don't care. I, get yeah. Monday off. Well, that's right. And I guess we so, can kind of get a little bit of Friday off, too. Yeah, I'm good with it. So are you heading to the lake right after work on Friday? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great time to be at the lake. All right, what do you got? Well, I don't know if you heard. <laughs> okay. But football is gay. Oh, my gosh. Well, we do have our first... Well, see, okay, this is one thing I want the uh, national lexicon to correct. They're calling Carl Nassib the first... Uh, openly gay player in NFL history. That in itself is actually false. He's the first openly gay player that is currently on an active roster and has played in the NFL. Michael Sam was actually the first guy to come out. He came out before the NFL draft. He was a fifth-round draft pick. He played in training camp and mini camps and stuff like that, but he didn't make the active roster. Then that started this sort of dual narrative. Did Michael Sam not make the roster because he's gay, or did Michael Sam not make the roster because he can't play? Or, and what or what? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, uh, but the fact of the matter was, Michael Sam was a fringe NFL player. His sexuality had nothing to do with the fact that he got cut. That you know of. Uh, true. I just think that he w- objectively he wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. So like maybe it did have a factor. I, that you're right. I can't say that. But uh, it's my. Uh, impression that if you can play in the NFL, no matter what, like even if you killed somebody, you will Aaron play in Hernandez. the you will play in the NFL. I mean, there's been multiple guys that have been tried for murder that play in the NFL. So I think in the okay, let me go back really quick. So the NFL put out this really nice ad that started with "Football is gay, football is lesbian, football is beautiful," sure, so on and so on, and so on. Football is for everyone, which was like a really nice response. Think that's true. Um, however, I, I think, I, I, I know they want that to be true. But I sure. think if you get into a locker room at an NFL game, and you are a player that is gay, you may feel like bullied to not, to not be your true self. Maybe I also think that you're going to be bullied in an NFL locker room. Period, because that's the culture of football. Right. But if you are gay and you're closeted and you are, yeah. Scared I don't to know. Come out. I think that might have been true 15 or 20 years ago. I think that most players in the NFL are under the age of 30. Therefore, they were born in the 90s and grew up in the 2000s. And I think that people now are just way more accepting of this kind of stuff. There. I agree with you there. But so there I think most that. of these guys are probably like, cool, whatever, dude. So what year was Michael? Sa- what year did Michael Sam come out? Uh, that was several, that was several years ago. Yeah. probably half a dozen years ago. And the world has changed in a positive fashion. Exactly. I would say a lot since yeah. then. And I'm hoping um, that we see more. People. Michael Sam was 2014 NFL draft. So, wow, that's a while ago. Yeah. Uh, so, seven years ago, eight full NFL seasons. And I'm sure there's plenty more that are going to feel comfortable coming out. And I think that's great. And I mean, I think it's awesome. And I think, but I do think that not only the culture inside the NFL, but then the people watching football that sure. are 50 or 60 or that that's are like it. not there, they may not be as accepting, which is a shame. But unfortunately, sometimes that's a generational situation. And uh, I'm curious what people thought of that new spot that came out, which I thought the NFL did a great job with. Um, I think it was really a nice tribute to this player who that was really brave of him to come out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think it's a great step and it's a step in the right direction. The NFL could use a little positive PR. Yep. And... Maybe they're going to make that locker room fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is a lot there. I think that first and foremost, uh, Rajim Seabrook said this last Thursday as well. I think you nailed it with the, I don't necessarily know if this changes it really that much of the the locker room culture. There's no way to know unless you're in the locker room. But I really don't think that there's, that, 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 most of the players, just in terms of age demographic, would be that discriminatory over any sort of sexuality. Uh, I think that, that pretty open. I mean, we don't need to digress all the way, but I mean, there's some pretty uh, different stories about a lot of professional athletes' sexual oh. lives uh, that have nothing to do with homosexuality. There's, I mean, there's just so many different, so many different types of sexuality in the world. Regardless, yeah. I think you nailed it though in the terms that I think this is more impactful for the people that follow the NFL. Yeah, some of the ownership people, but mostly the fans, because I do think the NFL is so widespread. There's different political affiliations in different regions of the country. So I think that, you know, some places were already previously accepting of things like this and uh, other places, maybe not so much. Yeah. I think the number one thing this proves, though, is that 
you're always going to have the debate of Michael Sam, whether he was good enough and got cut because he was gay or he got cut because he wasn't good enough and he just happened to be gay. Carl Nassib has played in the NFL for several years now and he started for NFL teams. And so I think this fully bucks the notion that you can't pl- you can't produce in the NFL if you're gay. If anybody thought oh, that, that's yeah. it fully incorrect. But now you have tangible proof of that. But so. I don't think that's the Michael Sam issue. I think... Right. No, I'm just talking about with Nassib. Like, he has proven himself absolutely. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, but I think... And I don't know anything, obviously, about Michael Sam because I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> but I do think had he waited, and I'm not saying anyone should do this, but I do wonder had he waited to come out till after, yeah. if it would have been a different outcome for him because well, he, of people's perception. Well, and here's here's what the naysayers of this Carl Nassib, um, I guess we'll call it an announcement. Uh, the naysayers will say that uh, his career, he's 29 years old. Mm-hmm that his career has hit a plateau and that's on the decline and that he only came out now to save his roster spot because now he is an openly gay player who has produced, who's in a giant city with all this exposure in Las Vegas. So the naysayers, I'm not saying this, it's not what I'm saying, but the naysayers will say that he only did this so that he doesn't get cut because now the Raiders can't afford to cut him. It's the opposite of the Michael mm-hmm. Sam situation. It would be a PR disaster if they were to cut you Carl Massive. Good for him. I totally agree. And he and, and you don't also want to say you'd ever do something like this for money, but he is benefiting from this financially in an enormous amount. He has the number one selling jersey in the NFL, which I think is great, but he's making a ton of cash off of this as Good. well. And you know what? He's also helping so many young no boys and girls who are playing sports and afraid to come out or at all. Sure. And he is saying, I am a gay man in a very masculine sport. Sure. And I saw this great tweet that was like, you know, we're not all ballerinas and, you know, ice skaters and uh, we can be basketball players, football players, you know, you name it. And I thought that was great. So I, I might go buy that Jersey. (laughs) The, uh, the, there's so much here. And I I don't think that unless you're in the position, you can talk about a a lot of it. But um, first of all, I think that I I would love to know what other gay players in professional sports think of this. Because I think I, you would have to think that there's no way that he's the only gay person in professional sports. It's no. not even possible, right? Like, or, probably, and he's not the only gay guy in football. No question. Yeah. I, so I would just love to know what they think of this, though. Do they think this is exploitative on his part, or do they think this is brave, or is it a mix between the two? I think there is a lot of nuance to this. Yeah, I've always liked Carl Nassib. Uh, I've actually followed him pretty heavily, even though he's a pretty... Um, I mean, he's a good player, but he's not a star by any means. He's just a contributing good player. But I've always followed him because I love Penn State, and... Uh, just knowing his personality, uh, not his sexuality included in that, but just his personality, I'm not surprised that he's someone that would come out uh, like this just because he has always been very outspoken. Like, he's the guy that on the NFL Top 100 that they interview a lot because he's just funny and he just has funny analysis. And uh, so anyways, uh, this is a compelling story. I think the fact that it's getting mostly positive conversations like this one uh, is a good thing, but uh, it will be definitely interesting to see how this all evolves. It's the chick who doesn't know sports. Nuan is now 102.90 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television. Our good friend Carolyn joining us here on ESPN Radio. What else you got, Carolyn? Um, Damian Lillard. Lillard, sorry, pardon my stumble there. Dame um, Dalla. He might be my new favorite basketball player. Well, if he is, that's a great choice because he's certainly my favorite basketball player. You know Damian Lillard is very associated with uh, what we do at Skyline Sports and that... Um, I covered him throughout his college career. I did not know that. So we, Damian Lillard went to Weber State. Oh. Once upon a time, I had a, a this one I was a student journalist and then into uh, my first year at the Bozeman Chronicle. I was working at, I guess this was sort of on and off because I was in Washington for a minute too. Regardless, and when Damian Lillard was in college, I knew he was a special player, but I didn't think he was going to be as special as he is now. Um, but he, his greatest thorn in his side was Montana. Damian Lillard lost to Montana the Big Sky Conference Championship tournament championship game three times. Um, Damian Lillard never played in the NCAA tournament. I was working on a story about Lillard breaking through to go to the tournament because I just thought by the time his last year rolled around that he would just do it, and then he didn't. They lost to, to Montana again. But anyways, uh, he's no question the best 
both basketball player and athlete to ever come out of the Big Sky Conference. I mean, there's a, some distance runners that are Olympians, but as far as like you know the mainstream sports, Damian Lillard is absolutely the greatest athlete to ever come out of the Big Sky Conference. And so the fact that he went to college five hours away from yeah. here and played in Missoula like ten times is. And Bozeman, too. is pretty sweet. Well, that's not why I like him. Uh, tell me why you like him. I mean, there's a lot to like about him, too. I just saw this great quote basically saying, I'll pr- paraphrase, I don't feel pressure. I just come out here and play a basketball game. Pressure and stress, like that's insulting people who work really hard for a living. No and question. Can't meet. Yep. Whatever, whatever. And I just was like, yeah, I love you. I love that he has that in perspective. I'm here to just play some basketball, yeah. make some money. You- but the real people... In America, you know, the real sure. struggle is sure. with regular old folks. Yeah, well, that's uh, if I give you the whole David Lillard story, you're going to love him even more. I mean, David Lillard's from the hood in out, outside of Oakland, and like he grew up really tough. He has given back to his community as much as any player in the entire NBA. He refuses to do the stupid super team thing where he's like joining up with other superstars. He's all by himself in Portland. I mean, Susan McCollum's a fine player, but. Dame's all alone in Portland. He signed a Supermax deal in the smallest market in the country. Like he, he's the man. He he is the, he is the man. He is not a prima donna like most of the rest of these superstars. He's the best clutch shot maker in the league, and he's I mean he's just endlessly entertaining to watch. It's if that's your favorite player, then you chose well because he is he's amazing. Well, I bet he doesn't need Carolyn's um, financial <laughs> advice. <that he laughs> no, he doesn't. Good care of himself and his family. Well, and he also uh, he also signed a two hundred eighty million dollar contract. So I think you'd have to have just like the the largest catastrophe you could imagine to make that right. go away. Wow, good for him. Good for him. All right, let's talk Olympics. Okay, I'm so excited for the Olympics. I geeked out so hard over the uh, the United States Olympic track and field trials oh, all last what I'm week. Bringing up. So two things. Did you know there's like nine or ten people from Montana that competed in that? I did not. Super cool. If you listen to Nuanas now, you'd know. Uh, well, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I knew that. I totally knew that. All right. So two things. One thing. A couple weeks ago, we were up at the Seven Gables, and they were playing the they were playing the trials in the track and field. Yep. And my husband pointed out something about the females. Okay. They're basically in bathing suits running. Right. Where, where did the where did their clothes go? Well, this is actually not even a marketing or exploitative thing, or yeah, have anything to do with sex appeal. Um, I think it's just a known com- thing in, in track and field that the less clothes you wear, the more sleek and uh, right. aerodynamic you're going to be. Obviously. Sure. Well, and if you're like the fittest person in the world, like, well, why? I, that's exactly what I said to Dan. I was like, if my abs look like that, <laughs> I mean, I'd be in a big I mean, suit these too. women are ridiculous. But I am sorry. If I tried to run in a bathing suit bottom, that is going up my butt. Well, how, they they have all sorts of tricks. I mean, they they put sticky on their buns and... I think I'd rather just wear, um, like... Just compression shorts. Yeah. Some, some do. Yeah. Some do. Some, some do. It's just the... I don't know. They're, they're <laughs> we digress slightly uh, here on Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, but uh, the, the stylistic trends in track are actually fascinating to me because there's all these different... Uh, Trends for both men and women. The the, the multicolored bright nails mm-hmm. that the girls. I mean, the multicolored hair. Remember the guy. The, the guys are wearing. Nails? Oh yeah, the guys are wearing different colored contacts. Like, it just makes them. The spectacle is yeah. just amazing. Yeah. It's just so. It's so fun to watch. I wish they showed it on television more. Well, they, so is my husband. After seeing their outfits, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. No, I can't even say what I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, Regardless, what about this? So besides the bathing suits, so what besides else? Besides the bathing suits, I was really excited to see that Allison Felix is one of the greatest athletes in American history. And I'm going to totally butcher her name, Quintara Hayes. Yep. They both gave birth two years ago. Have little Allison munchkins. Felix is 36 years old. And they she... have two little munchkins. They're so cute. And they are going to the Olympics. Uh, That's amazing. Not just going to the Olympics, though. Allison Felix almost broke the world record in the 400 meters uh, like less than a month ago. She is a four-time world champion. Uh, I believe she's a four-time gold medalist. And she's going to her fourth Olympics. That is unheard of for a female track athlete. Four Olympics. So two years after my second child was born... I don't want to brag, <laughs> but I ran the Missoula Half Marathon. That's great. That's, so, that's amazing for you. 
I I think that Allison Felix gets she does not get enough run. I think that if you were to ask people to name a track star, um, if they could name any, she would be one of, if not the American that they would name. So she is the most popular American. I just think they need to promote this sport so much more. I agree. I mean, she is one of the great female athletes on the planet, and she has been for almost 20 years. I totally agree with you, and that was what my next comment was, is to make sure you are watching track and field this year, because there's so, there's like such a cast of characters. Oh, it's unbelievable. It is so exciting. There was that one, I forgot her name, she had the uh, bright orange hair ponytail. Oh, yeah. And... She has such an amazing story. Her mom died like a week before the trials and she still came out and smashed it. And uh, I just think there's going to be a lot of fun, I don't know, uh, interaction with these athletes. So definitely watch track and field. As uh, my brother Brooks Nuana has talked about on Monday on this show, um, it's it's not a shock to me that four world records fell this last week. Multiple reasons. Ironically, the pandemic helped all these athletes so much because deep tissue injuries in track are just, they're always, you're always going to have, doesn't matter who you are, like every every year and a half or something, you're going to pull your calf, you're going to pull your hamstring, it's going to slow you just for a minute. They've had this full like 19 months to train. Also, they have all this pent up energy because of not competing right. on the world stage. And so... I mean, I, I thought that the best display, the best athletic displays I've seen since the quote unquote return of sports post pandemic um, were this last week. Honestly, the shot put record where the guy broke the shot put by almost like four meters. It, it was amazing. It's like one of the most crazy videos I've ever seen in my life. So, And, and none of them gained the COVID-30. That's right. No, no, that's the truth. <laughs> well, the shot putter guy might have, but he needs it. Yeah. He, he wants it because he, he about like, 320. Yeah. That's what he needs. So. Uh, Chico doesn't know sports. Nuana's now. What else you got, Carolyn? Well, just speaking of Olympics, Simone Biles, just amazing. I mean, she basically created her own move to the point where the judges were annoyed. Right. It, it, it like, breaks the scoring. Yeah. It's two. It's, it's more just, points than you can possibly get, so they're annoyed because, because she can execute it. Right. Yeah, she's the Tiger Woods of women's gymnastics. Well, hopefully not. She's breaking the sport she's, because of her greatness. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully she doesn't have the digress- life, Yeah, hopefully, but, hopefully not that way. Um, that's gonna be so fun to watch. I'm so excited for gymnastics for the Olympics. Um, what is there any other of those gals from the last uh, gold medal team uh, around, like Allie Raisman or the no. uh, Michaela? What's it, Michaela Schifron? Is that her name? Michaela. Oh, Michaela is yes. Yeah, because I saw an Allstate commercial with her in it the other yes, day. Yes, that's right. She's in a Subway commercial too. Yep. Um, but I think it's a bunch of other young, of course, younger gymnasts. But that's going to be fun to watch. I'm super excited for soccer. Uh, we are pumped for that. Yeah, so it's going to be I'm sweet. really pumped for the Olympics. And I think actually the pandemic helped the Olympics because I have a feeling people were kind of taking it for granted. Sure. And then now it's coming back um, and it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait. Two doesn't know sports. Nuana's now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. What else you got? Anything? I have nothing else. I have something to talk to you about then, oh, real, real quick. No, this is something, this is actually a, a public service announcement to the community. Um, truly, I grew up in Missoula. Missoula is a wonderful place. It's one of the best places on the planet. So many different factors of the community make it great. But we were talking about this in our sales meeting the other day. Um, there's such a worker shortage here that it's like really, it's, it's, kind of killing the quality of life. I know it's a privileged thing to say if you have the ability to go out to eat on a weekday in the middle of your workday, that's a very privileged thing to be able to do. If you can sure. take a client to lunch like I did yesterday, you know, you're, you're, you're living the dream. It's first world like problems. No, no, all, all I'm saying is that uh, where, where we went to, for lunch, it was like a two hour wait and that's by no fault of the two hour wait to get our food and that's no fault of the people that are working there there's just no one working there and there's no one working anywhere and so we have this vicious cycle where this is not a politicized statement that I'm making we just have this vicious cycle where restaurants and bars are having to overwork their workers and then the service is becoming bad and then there's so many people that aren't from this community and so they're being rude and that's making people not want to work at these places and like going out and sitting on a patio in Missoula is like what makes it so sweet. Yeah. So I know that there's a lot that goes into it. The system is certainly flawed, but my call to action would be to go back to work if you can, if you're an able-bodied person. It'll be good for you. It'll be good for the community. 
but also if you're going out to eat, be polite to the people because they're really trying. Yes. And uh, it's it's just a bummer that uh, this is the situation that we're in. But just be nice and let's just try to work together and we can get back to uh, actually, you know, having Missoula thriving town because it is a thriving town. It's bustling right now. I just feel so bad because this entire industry, which is very important to what we do here at Missoula Broadcasting because sure. that's our like one of our huge um, sectors of the community that advertise with us. I, I just, we need to find a solution to fix this. It's a, it's a, seems like a pretty um, dire problem at the moment. So remember in the beginning of the pandemic when we were all in lockdown and, and restaurants were scared and nervous and we all helped, we ordered takeout and we did these things and we were like being nice to each other. Yep. It's sort of like the days after 9-11, like everyone's really nice. <laughs> right. Let's go back to that. Totally. And your wait staff and the the cooks back there are all overworked. Um, I w- tried to go to coffee to two different places today with a client and both were closed because they don't have the staff. And it's not it's nothing against these owners of the restaurant. They're doing everything they can. Um, so yeah, I think we definitely need to be nice to the staff. We need to be understanding. And if you can't wait two hours for food or whatever, like- sure then don't go out. Sure. I mean, that's what we've kind of had to do up at uh, Georgetown because they're in the same boat. And every time we try and go to the, one of the two restaurants, they're like, it's going to be about two hours for food. So we're like, all right, let's just not go out for dinner. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying to, I want people to go to restaurants. No question. No question. They're clearly, you know, you have to have your expectations in check. And also... <laughs> Just go back to work. It's good for you. I know the system's bad. I know. I know you can make more money not working in a lot of cases, and that's messed up. But I promise you, it'll be better for your brain. Putting on, like, this whole thing, like, I read this article, no one's been showering or putting on pants. The New York Times did a uh, survey, and, like, Ew. about one-third of people are only, only uh, one-third of people are planning on not going back to it. They're not, they're planning on working remotely and not showering and not wearing pants. <laughs> that was just sort of their hook, yeah. but, you know, they had a survey of a bunch of different work-at-home things, but... I get it. I know the system's messed up. It's bad for your brain. Go, just get a job. It'll be fun. I promise. You'll interact with other people. It'll be great. And mention this ad when you uh, <laughs> go and get a job, and maybe we'll get a finder. Yeah, that's right. We'll yep, with you. yep, yep. Make them make Missoula great again. All right, Carolyn, this wow. was a great segment. Thank you so much. Appreciate your contributions as always. Chick who doesn't know sports on Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. LeBron James out from the Olympics. College athletes selling their name, image, and likeness already. Rajim Seabrook, Coulter Nuanas, Nuanas now. Back after this. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. You're in jazz band? I was. What'd you play? Trumpet for 13 years. Nice. Bro. Yeah. So yeah. you're improv master. Oh, I love it, man. I love I love jazz music, and my like I'm teaching my son right now all about it. And the other day he was doing artwork, and he was like, "Dad, can we listen to music?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Okay, Google, play Charlie Parker." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, my nine year old's talking about Charlie Parker. I love it." Half of my friends don't know who Charlie Parker is. I love it. It's no- cool. Nuana's now Rajim Seabrook joining me. Coulter Nuana's in studio. It's a Northwest Motorsports studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to town, corner of Stevens and Mount. Head on over there, check them out. They boast the largest inventory of trucks in the entire Pacific Northwest. 
yesterday into today, the world as we know it in college athletics changed. I'm not going to say forever because I do think this is going to be so chaotic that it's going to take uh, probably some form of congressional intervention to get it back between the rails once the fever pitch truly hits. But last week, the Supreme Court ruled that it was fully illegal and a unanimous decision for colleges to limit their student-athletes' ability to make money off their own name, image, and likeness. That rule now went into effect on July 1st. There's 12 states in the union where it is already legal for this to happen, and so now the NCAA cannot make it illegal. So there's 12 states, including the state of Alabama, that is boom, go time today. I think there's a lot of athletes around the Northwest that are a little confused by the rule. I saw guys that play for Montana and Montana State that were tweeting about, hey, open for business. You want me to endorse you? You want me to You want to use my social media platform? Hit me up. It's not going into effect in Montana until 2023. Exactly. That said, though, literally at midnight last night, uh, Auburn's quarterback, what's his name, Bo Nix, I think is his name, Bam, Sweet Tea Endorser. He has his family's favorite Done. Sweet Tea. He's but he's, he's on Instagram. I'm happy to be sponsored. I can't remember what it's called, but some sort of sweet, famous Sweet Tea in uh, the South. Bam, he's already getting paid. Uh, Jackson Sermon, linebacker from Washington. He says, bro, I love ballpoint pens. And boom, he's got a deal with Bic or ballpoint pens or whatever. Darren Ravel, who I think is probably the, the leader of financial analysis when it comes to sports journalism and, mm. and sort of the business of it, he was at Sports Illustrated for a long time. Now he's involved with one of the betting companies. He does a lot of gambling coverage, specifically specifically, excuse me, on his Twitter account. <clears throat> uh, but he was tweeting last night that he thinks that only the top 1% of college athletes are going to get paid. I fully disagree. I, think, I disagree as well. I think only the I think the top 1% are going to be getting courted by the Nike's and Chevy's and right. Pizza Hut's of right. the world. Right. I think everybody's getting paid. Oh. I think if you know how to do it, Everybody's getting paid. Like if you're from a like, take Montana for example. Once this is legal in Montana, mm-hmm. if you're from a small town in Montana, why don't you just go ask every single bartender or every single bar to sponsor oh, you? That's coming. Hundred bucks a piece. You know, hey, help me pay my rent. Let's oh. raise let's raise three thousand dollars in Dillon for me to pay my rent for this semester, and I'll shout you out on Twitter and blah blah blah. blah. It, it, it's going to happen in spades. The for the fact that almost every town in Montana has a silver dollar. Or a or or a Stockman's bar. Oh yeah, like it's coming. Like they're, they're these athletes here in Montana are about to be locally uh, praised um, for their energies, their efforts, and what they what they would like to see done out on the field or the pitch or, or the yeah. diamond. Yep. The crazy thing about that is we're going to see this on a micro, meso, and macro level. We're yep. going to see the small town guy. We're going to see yep. the the mid major state guy, and then we're going to see. The regional, the regional college athlete that encompasses, you know, or one guy that represents all of the Pac-12 or something to that magnitude. It's yep. coming. It's absolutely coming. Which then harkens the question: Which athletes in recent years, if this would have been uh, put into effect during their times, would have been the most popular, most lucrative? We're going to do that. Plus, the NFL coaches and quarterback combinations that have the most pressure coming into the 2021 season. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Rajim Seabrook with me, Coulter Nuanez. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Radio. It's Nuanez now. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 